Hi, my name is Jonas Kernan, and you're listening to Rio Fashion Talks, a podcast about the vibrant Brazilian fashion industry. We're discussing current issues and talk to different local industry insiders, from young creatives to established brands and other inspiring personalities, directly from beautiful Rio de Janeiro. I have to be honest, I had quite a hard time to make to think about an appropriate introduction because uh, we're going to talk about uh, fashion from a more theoretical point of view, uh, which is something that I'm very passionate about. Um, but the more we the more we learn about fashion and the more we read about it and the more we look at it as an artistic expression, for example, or in the context with our societies, um, we realize that this is a very complex and profound universe, actually. And on the other hand, it has a reputation to be very superficial. So it's a very controversial thing. Um, that's why I'm very excited to talk to you <laughs> today, because you have a really nice. um, a, a, an incredible knowledge about fashion and its connections with art and uh, the culture and the history of fashion. You teach also uh, the history of fashion. And you have a doctorate in fine arts, uh, where you talk about um, dialogues between art and fashion. We're going to talk about this later also, but before I'm going to mess up the introduction about you, maybe you can give me a little introduction, a little mini bio about yourself. Okay, of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm very excited as well. Okay, I was born in Rio, and when I was a child, my father has an advertising company, and he, he worked for a company that called Hermes here in Brazil, mm -hmm. and they sold stuff by catalog, like ah, Avon, okay. you know, mm -hmm. like uh, Natura, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, you know, but now is the e-commerce. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had the experience when I was a child to do one of this catalog as a, a child model. Wow. <laughs> Early career. Ooh. And I was very, very excited by the experience, the, the space, you know, the, the, the photographer, the styling, the studio experience for me was amazing. I'm just, I want to be a stylist. Wow. So... This way, I, I began in, in fashion. I, at the same time, both my parents are uh, artists. Uh, and when I moved to Spain, I was 15. My father is Spanish, my mother is Brazilian. And uh, I studied fine arts. I went to the, the university in Galicia. Mm -hmm. It's the same place as Zara. Mm -hmm. It's a huge production, fashion production, mm -hmm. but not advertising. Mm -hmm. Zara, uh, place. Town. Zara Town. Zara Town. <laughs> and then I, I, at the university, I find people like me that love arts and, and fashion and so on. And we made a, a sex incorporation performance <laughs> group. <laughs> and it was so fun. And we, we really do... Um, such special things. We went to Arco and made a show at Reina uh, uh, Sofia in Madrid. Wow. Yeah. And by that time, I was fascinated by fashion. 
and I started to work at a place that no longer exists, that calls uh, Talents in Madrid. It was a place for styling management, mm -hmm. and I worked uh, a long time there, working for magazines and films, advertising films, and it was great. Then <laughs> I'm cut, I come back to Brazil and uh, meet a Brazilian. It was back my, to the roots. Back to the roots, back to Brazil. And do the same here, working with styles for many magazines, Revista Domingo, Jornal Dia, and then uh, moved to Sao Paulo to work uh, for a Club Chocolate shop. Mm -hmm. That was mm -hmm. a, a very interesting uh, place. It's the time of, of uh, Lu in São Paulo, and it was very a, a very interesting moment for the fashion in Brazil, because Brazil opened the doors for the 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 products from abroad. Uh, which decade are we talking about? Because that was the very very good times of fashion yes, here in Brazil. Yes, yes, it, it it was the beginning, two thousand, and then about two thousand and three. Is the the entry is the, this moment, you no, know, mm -hmm. of the the boom of Dajlu and Club Chocolate and this openness from from the 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 brands from abroad. It was a very interesting moment because um, when we we start to receive these products from abroad, at the same time the Brazilian products and the Brazilian brands, they. Um, uh, began a new level of mm -hmm. products. Uh, mm -hmm. At the same time, people uh, feel more interested by the, the national product. Mm -hmm. uh, some, some brands like Isabella Capito, Raya de Goy, uh, and other brands started in a very interesting movement. Mm -hmm. And um, then happened what? And then you went back to Spain. No, you were, you were here in Brazil ever since then. Yes, I'm come back in 2000, but in 2015 I defend my doctoral thesis, oh, yeah. and in Spain mm -hmm. because I started there. By this time, I, I was working as a as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Already, time, already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about uh, your. We're going to talk about your doctorate after because this is a really. Uh, interesting subject as well but maybe to start with um, this is something that I always that I found very very uh, essential actually is uh, maybe we can clarify some basics um, because when we talk about fashion we talk obviously about a lot more than just clothing there is uh, this wonderful book by the way I just remembered now from uh, Hei Kawamura um, Fashionology uh, where she kind of decodifies this, uh, these words. But um, what do we mean when we talk about the term fashion? I see clothes because when, when you talk fashion, we talk clothes. You know? when, when I see clothes, I, I, I see clothes as a second skin. So everything that uh, has to do with social interaction uh, is connected to fashion, like self-expression, identity, consumption, behavior, and so on. That makes fashion so interesting. No? I remember that Ray writes in her book um, that 
fashion, actually. I think she explains it in the way that she sees fashion as an industry and also fashion being the values that lie within the clothing, the actual clothing, the actual product. I, I think, think I think this is this is the 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 issue of fashion because fashion is industry is something related to consumption but at the same time there is a creative process behind it mm -hmm. no so the 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 low and high fashion they 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 englobe a lot of things mm -hmm. and the industry is part of fashion mm -hmm. but the creativity uh, this process of creativity is also fashion. Uh -huh. So then we can talk about your doctorate and about these dialogues between art and fashion. For the, the thesis, Diálogos entre Arte e Moda, Dialogues between Art and, and Fashion, I want to, to, to understand the, this connection between art and fashion, and I pick some creators from the art world and some creators of the, the, the fashion world, and then I compare their creative process, and I find they achieve the same kind of work, né? the, the same creation process and, and the same narratives. For example, like um, the relationship between Mitcha Prada and Cindy Sherman that I call in the, in the thesis, the statement aesthetic. It's interesting that both Prada and Sherman, they have uh, about 10 years of difference in age, mm -hmm. but they, they describe the same problem. They have a, 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 such a hard time to find clothes for themselves. Mm -hmm. And this is a, it's a motor, a moment for the action, you know, for Prada to do her, her, her clothes and for Cindy Sherman to also do her clothes. She, she visits a lot of uh, brechots, a lot of second-hand uh, shops. You know? And one point that is very interesting for me in this creative process uh, for both Mircea Prada and, and Cindy Sherman is that they um, both have the same perspective about stereotypes of strong women. So Prada is fascinated by uniforms, the nun uniforms or the military uniforms, and Sherman, on the other hand, loved the, the stereotypes of uh, a traditional woman, like uh, the intellectual, the actress, and so on but both have the same skill to create the, this classic, a temporal kind of woman. They mm -hmm. both have the, the same uh, process and at, as a result, the same work at mm -hmm. the end of the process. But on the other hand, I also work with a lot of Brazilians' creations. I describe the process of Elio Chisica, that is a great artist, uh, that make the parangolé. We don't have a, a good translation no, for the, the word parangolé uh -huh. in English, but uh, he called uh, a piece of cloth. Mm -hmm. no? And this piece of cloth, the parangolé, enables people to, to action. I compared his work with the fashion designer Yoji Yamamoto. 
in a, in a dialogue that I call incorporation, because people do incorporate their living in the clothes, in the clothes of uh, Elio Chisica and in the clothes of Yojamamoto. For me, what they have in common is that uh, people, is people who signify their clothes, now, when they carry it. Mm -hmm. So Yamamoto say, for him, clothes only has any transcendence if people can live by his clothes. And I feel this is the same for Elio. Mm -hmm. the, the parangolé only exists when people use when it. When they use it, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Other um, artists that I describe in the thesis is Arthur Bispo do Rosário. He's not very known outside Brazil. He is um, a brute artist. He has mental issues, but his work is very, very, very interesting. And I make a comparison with the work of Vivienne Westwood. You know? Vivienne is a little cuckoo, también. <laughs> Tiny little bit, but we love her. Yes, yes, we love her so much. And she is the the super um, grand-grand-grandmother of the fashion. Uh, for me as well, she loved to create the personas and use her voices for statement, like Bispo do Rosário. Um, other dialogue that I made uh, with other uh, Brazilian is uh, the dialogue Memory and Biography between Luis Bourgeois and Ronaldo Fraga. Mm -hmm. uh, they really uh, dig in the past uh, to have the same kind of solutions. And Ronaldo Fraga uh, done a collection inspired in Louis Bourgeois mm. uh, that called Raw Body mm -hmm. and, and uses some of the, the icons uh, used by Louis Bourgeois, like the hangers or teats, and, and mix with... Um, other things that uh, has related to the past of the history of Brazil, like the Bolacha Maria, which is, <laughs> is a, a very traditional cookie here ah, in Brazil. Okay. And that, that kind of dialogue for me is very uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And other dialogue, um, it was uh, between Ligia Clark and Rei Kawakubo. That's very interesting because I saw when I uh, was doing the, the thesis this connection between Brazil and Japan culture. Um, it was uh, very interesting for me because uh, the, the both cultures work a lot with handcrafted. You know? So, uh, Vital Flux mm -hmm. is the, this connection between Ligia Clark and Rei Kawakubo. Uh, and for me, this couple is the that has more in common of all the dialogues. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that Kawakubo ever met Ligia Clark because Ligia Clark uh, died a long time ago and they have a, a difference in age. Uh, but uh, Kawakubo do a collection uh, after, after Ligia Clark. It's the same name uh, of um, a piece of work that Ligia do in the 60s uh, that calls Body Meets Dress Meets Body. And both creators modify the woman's silhouette. 
made the silhouette not that traditional female body, like the hourglass silhouette, you know. Uh, they transform this uh, traditional female uh, silhouette. In the 60s in Brazil, in the, the art scene in Brazil, uh, has a lot to do with the experience. Uh, Ligia Clark and Elliot Sica, Ligia Papi and others uh, try so hard to find the expression uh, through the, the, the body. Mm -hmm. And it was a very interesting moment for the art in Brazil. But in the 70s, Ligia Clark started to deny art. She finds more interesting the therapy body mm -hmm. than the, the relation with the body as a product of art. Mm -hmm. And Kawakubo has the same uh, issue. She always refuses fashion. She says that she is a, a businesswoman, not a person who does um, fashion or art. I think Kawakubo is a... Yeah, it's a very good example, and because she's a kind of a, a mysterious figure that is very that people, especially a lot of people who are in fashion, really admire her because mm -hmm. she does what, what few designers can do. She she's really holding on her independence. That's one of her of the things that are very important for her, and uh, she seems looking from outside. Yes, of course, she's a businesswoman because things are working quite well, <laughs> but uh, she combines. Uh, these two things that, that this dream that many designers have, I guess, to like really um, not restrict your arti artistic expression, right? And to have to manage that somehow, and to have a commercial product on the other hand, and mm -hmm. to to be able to survive, right? Yes, I, I think she embraces uh, very well um, art and fashion. Art because uh, she's not. Uh, uh, the person, the artist, you know, her work speaks for herself. She embraces the, the system of the art very well. On the other hand, she, she embraces fashion as well because she uh, has such a, a focus on the product. She understands what is a product that sells well, her label Come de Garçon. And the other hand, she has this creative lab laboratory mm -hmm. that is the, the Hei Kawakubo, the Come de Garçon High Fashion. Mm -hmm. and, and this lab of, of Hei Kawakubo works like Haute um, Couture or like a studio, an artist studio, because she presents uh, products that are uh, work of arts, pieces mm -hmm. of arts. Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. And and I remember one. Well, I think we could talk for hours and hours about <laughs> Hey Kawakubo. <laughs> but That's uh, true. <laughs> uh, she said once that w one of her main drivers is is that she wants to create something new. Yes, and uh, her work uh, is so temporal, is so contemporary, is so extemporal. No, she she always presents something new mm -hmm. for her audience, mm -hmm. and it's very interesting. And at the same time, I have the experience to went to her uh, those street market mm -hmm. 
the, the place that sells Comme des Garçons and other brands. And it was a very interesting experience as well. It's a static experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's move a little bit away from Heikawakubo. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in New York, had an exhibition in 2018 that was called Items, Is Fashion Modern? It was the first exhibition of MoMA held on fashion since 1944. In an essay, uh, Paolo Antonelli, responsible for the exhibition, explained how fashion is often seen as, less, as the less worthy stepchild of art. Um, also, fashion is only recently considered a serious subject for intellectual and academic studies and is actually still often questioned until today. Um, and it is also seen as the, often seen as the inferior di design discipline compared with other design uh, disciplines like industrial design, for example. Why do you think fashion still has this secondary position? Uh, I really appreciate this in fashion. It's underground nature, uh, something that say, stays in the middle of high and low culture. This is, this is a, a very interesting aspect uh, of, um, of fashion for me. Mm. And I really love this quote of Oscar Wilde. It is only shallow people who do not judge by appearance. No? I, I, I really don't mind if, if fashion is in, in, a second, in a secondary position. I believe fashion has a very deep connection with daily life. We have to dress every day. And because of that, we don't respect much fashion, you know? <laughs> Fashion is always related with industry and art. And for me, I understand fashion as a result of culture. And this is very interesting point of view because fashion as a result of its time, like any other expression, it's, it's, it's a parallel for me, like culinary, like design, like art. Fashion for me is life. There is uh, Vaslavik, I think, who says, um you cannot not communicate. And I think you can totally also adapt this on clothing because you cannot not communicate. It, whether you are interested in fashion or whether you know mm -hmm. or care who Vivian Westwood is, but uh -huh. you're saying something about yourself. It's just whether you want it or not. Even if you walk around naked, then actually you actually you commit a crime. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's highly political. <laughs> Yes, of course, and and you if if you are naked, you are communicating as yeah, well. Also, also. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a very fascinating fashion because uh, the self, of course, the self-expression. You know, because it, it, clothes are uh, only um, occurs in a social relationship. No, mm -hmm. uh, um, the the fashion the the beginning or, or the the when fashion started it occurred just in in, in social environment mm -hmm. because I want to to be accepted is not by the climate 
or the religion. It's only by this is social interaction. Mm -hmm. So clothes are a second skin, mm -hmm. you know? And I like very much this conception of clothes as a non-verbal communication. Mm -hmm. We are always communication when we are in a society. Absolutely. Uh, even if we use a uniform, mm -hmm. we always find a way to do it individual. Uh-huh. And uh, before, uh, you are saying that dress like a political act, no? I, I really think that way, because if we are communicating through, through our clothes, no, through the way we dress, always is a political act. There are several examples, but there is one very strong example, and you can even make a connection to Brazil, because someone once told me, you know what the first thing was that the, the, the Portuguese did when, when the slave tribes arrived, is like mm -hmm. they took off their clothes. So there is no hierarchy anymore. An African, a king of an African tribe without the clothes is just a, a normal man. He took all his power away by taking, the, by taking off his clothes. So that's a very good, I thought that was a very good example to, to manifest or to show the power, the political power also of clothing. So we were talking about fashion as a, as an, as a cultural expression also. If we consider fashion as such a reflection of contemporary culture, what do you think fashion is telling about today's society? I believe so. I believe fashion is a, a reflection of our society, of our culture. I believe we are living the, the pulverization of culture at that moment. We have so many points of view and that is fantastic. Today everybody can use what they want and that's incredible. Mm -hmm. If we look at, at fashion, looking at to the, the past, what already mm -hmm. happened, um, we can read um, we can read a lot about the, 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 the mm -hmm. current time period. Uh, I read something, a statement of Lee Edelcourt, uh, our famous uh, trend forecaster, and she went even a step further because she's very focused on textiles also, uh, that uh, according to, to the textiles to, that, that have been used in a certain um, time, you can also read kind of the, 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 what happened in this time. Was it a time of war or was it a time of wealth and so on? So 50 years from now, if you're going to look backwards on today, what do you think we're going to read about today's? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is... No, I, I find very uh, interesting this point of view of Lid Edelcourt when uh, she talks about uh, uh, fabrics, because um, today I believe that not the shape of the clothes, but the, the product that clothes are made are the biggest uh, space for innovation. Mm -hmm. So I, at this moment, I think it uh, has two ways. One way is this, the traditional way, the look back way, mm -hmm. 
uh, when you look for more sustainable ways of life and look at the cotton, the linen, the, the traditional materials that always made part of history, but at the same time, how to improve? Because we know that uh, Claude, for example, spent a lot, a huge amount of water to grow. Mm -hmm. So this is a contemporary issue. It's mm -hmm. a problem for the industry. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the other way that I see in the future is this uh, innovative products, like the intelligent products. Yeah. And I imagine in 15 years, we will be a lot of materials that we don't have today. Mm -hmm. So it's such a, a little space for this big uh, improvement. Fashion on one hand is, or the industry has gotten very fast, but on the other hand, it's also very slow because we're still producing textiles, more or less the same way we do since 5,000 years, right? The yes. technology um, it's, it's, it's got, has gotten faster and it's machines uh, that are computer, mm -hmm. uh, computers are taking care of it, but the way a, a cloth is woven yes. is still the same. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, fashion today in 2020 is the same as uh, centuries ago. We don't uh, modificate or we don't uh, superate or improve this industry. It's the same. There is this book that, I've, that I'm reading, uh, Ensaios sobre Moda, Arte e Globalização Cultural, which is articles about fashion, art, and the cultural globalization. There is a French academic um, who's saying the following. He says, the vanguard still exists, but it remains static and doesn't bother anybody anymore. Modern art doesn't shock its audience anymore. Likewise, we could say that fashion doesn't shock us anymore when you compare it, for example, with the 90s anti-fashion movements and the shows of McQueen and Margiela who sent their models on the catwalk looking like homeless people or confused women ri in ripped dresses referring to McQueen's fall-winter show in, in 1995 uh, called Highland Rape. Uh, do you think fashion got too well behaved today? I, I believe, like, um, the innovative language, the, the newness, the freshness of fashion don't, don't came anymore from the high fashion. It came for small groups, small movements, uh, foreign countries, uh, underground. No, the, 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 the statement fashion are intriguing anymore. Mm -hmm. And fashion today loses you know, a, a, little, a little bit of glamour, you know, mm -hmm. that we live it in other times. Today is something um, just a little over, if you prefer. These movements occur in any cultural issue. If you went to, to culinary, to design, to fashion, uh, art, you know, it, it's the, the cycle no, some, some times it's 
very interesting, very bright, very colorful, and other times we leave just an acceleration of this movement, mm -hmm. you know? and we are living this. I don't think uh, fashion has to be in a way or another. We just uh, live these moments. On contrary, I, I just uh, think that it's very exciting because in this moment, the scene of fashion is very uh, fragmented, is very uh, pulverized mm -hmm. because we have all the words. We have the high fashion, the super high fashion with big conglomerates like uh, Louis Vuitton and Hennessy and others like Gucci and factories like Zara. And at the same time, we have slow fashion, very small production and by demand is very interesting this moment that we are living now. Mm -hmm. Anyone can use what they they want at any time. We don't have this uh, dictaminate. No? Mm -hmm. uh, it's very flexible mm -hmm. fashion today mm -hmm. for everybody. Mm -hmm. Every fashion metropolis or, or country, let's say, has its characteristics. We talk about Paris and New York and London. Uh, what would you say is Brazil's fashion characteristic? <laughs> That's a, a nice question. For me, I, I understand that body in Brazil is an issue since ever, ever. <laughs> because we live the, in a tropical country, you know, the, the weather is always hot. So we don't, li we, we don't need much clothes to live. <laughs> so the body always has uh, been important in Brazil. And it's not a coincidence that the, the, the Brazilian models are in the top. The, the way uh, clothes uh, in Brazil are very adjusted to the body. And this is essential for, for Brazilian fashion. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I think that uh, the print, Brazilian people really love Color, uh, also, color right? very very colorful, and uh, print patterns, and that's another element that I I see very characteristic from the the Brazilian fashion, and this has a lot to do with uh, African heritage, mm -hmm. because the um, the colors and the print that came from the the coast africana mm -hmm. to Brazil. And we have a very interesting history about that, that is the chita, that is the Brazilian fabric, you know, that is very colorful and flowered printed. And the Portuguese uh, commercialized this um, a long time ago. And this is still a, a, a fabric and a print that is very popular in Brazil mm -hmm. today. It's a huge market, and in the in the Western world, Brazil is the only place that has the entire chain mm -hmm. of uh, industry in fashion. I'm thinking I'm thinking about farm right, because this is such a typical Brazilian or or Cariocan brand. Right? If you enter a store, then you almost get you know, yeah. smashed back by the color explosion. Yeah. 
And, and Farm is just uh, open in, in New York. And that's why, because it's the, maybe the most Brazilian brand at the moment because the color and because of the prints. Mm -hmm. Other point of view, very interesting if we, um, again, the, the body issue in mm -hmm. Brazil, no? If we thought that the real Brazilians are the indigenous people, they normally in Brazil don't use uh, fabrics. They normally paint and make prints in their own body. Mm -hmm. So that is very interesting as well because we work a lot with the ephemeral kind of uh, culture, you know. We don't have past because none of these objects and because we use mostly painting, urucum e genipapo, that are fruits mm -hmm. from Brazil. We don't have much of this past as a documentation, you know. Mm -hmm. We are in this um, way of Western clothes. So that's all for now. If you want to comment on this podcast or if you have any suggestions for future episodes, let us know and drop a message. Follow Rio Fashion Talks on Instagram or visit riofashiontalks.com where you also find all references about today's episode. Till next time.